Hello everyone, it is now 5pm on this Wednesday evening in Kingston and you're listening to CFRC 101.9 FM, www.cfrc.ca. Welcome to this week's segment of Today in YGK with me, your host, Alexandra Fernandez. Today in YGK brings you need-to-know news about what's going on right here in our beautiful city of Kingston. From current news, special segments, and interviews with some amazing guests, I'm sure you'll find something of interest that gets you to tune in. If you have any news to share with me, please contact me via email, which is news at cfrc.ca. So without further ado, let's get right into it. I hope you enjoy the show. Hi everyone, you're listening to CFRC 101.9 FM. Alexandra, your host of Today in YGK, coming to you from the airwaves here in Lower Cruthers Hall. Um, I hope that you're having a lovely, lovely week so far. The weather has been so, so amazing. I'm so happy. And I think it is supposed to, well, hopefully um, be really, really nice this weekend as well. Um, According to my forecast, we are supposed to have some sun, a little bit of rain on Sunday and Monday, supposedly. um, But hopefully it kind of stays away for the long weekend. It is the civic holiday on Monday, which means that it's a public holiday. So that's super great, um, especially for those who can enjoy that extra day off. That'll be really, really nice. And hopefully if you keep it low key, you know, hopefully you keep it low key this weekend or you use the extra time to have a little bit of fun as much as you can. Um, now that things are starting to open up a little bit more, we're in phase three officially here in Kingston, um, which is super great um, that we finally reached this point of the Ontario Provincial Reopening Plan, given the whole COVID situation. But um, yeah, just remember that... <laughs> Like I say, your weekly Alex reminder to um, keep people safe, keep your friends, your family, strangers safe, just wash your hands as often as possible, sanitize them, wear your mask, um, and social distance. Keep that distance apart, um, six feet, 11, no, 11, two meters. Why did 11 come to mind? But yeah, um, (laughs) yeah. I hope that everyone just has a really, really great long weekend ahead of them. Um, In terms of COVID-19, we really only have three active cases here in the Kingston, Frontenac, Lennox, and Addington region, which is really, really amazing. Um, We are, we have like a green status. And for those of you who don't know, if you visit the KFLNA um, website, the public health website, um, there are... Um, there's like community status reports and they tell you if we're in like the red, orange, yellow, or green um, status, which is basically like green is safest, no risk, yellow um, is also kind of no risk and obviously orange, red, you know, it goes up. As cases um, happen, obviously, um, if there are a lot, but even though we only have three active ones right now, um, it is green which is great. Um, But yeah, because we are in phase three, a lot of things are open. Um, It kind of feels like we're getting back to normal now, which is good. Gathering limits are 
Um, 50 people went indoors and 100 went outdoors, which was really, really great. Um, galleries, zoos, not that we have a zoo in Kingston, but you know, if you ever want to make a day trip to Toronto, you always can. Um, museums, movie theaters, performing arts centers will slowly start to reopen with public health guidelines in place. Um, so just as things are opening up now, indoor dining's also opened up here in Kingston. Um, just be careful, be safe, and protect yourself as you um, kind of use these new openings um, in your favor. Um, so coming up um, this week, I'm going to focus on a Queen's University student-run club, Queen's Collage Collectives. They were founded in 2018, and they are super, super cool. Um, they are a completely student-run club. They are ratified by the AMS, um, which is super awesome. And they are an anti-oppressive um, club that facilitates anti-oppressive conversation. Um, the whole uh, mission essentially of the club is to um, provide healing, expression, and strengthening and strengthening of mental health through the creation of art, which is super, super cool. So the Queen's Collage Collectives, um, they're having this amazing series throughout the month of August, um, and it is called an anti-racist collage series, which I think is a really, really awesome initiative that they're doing. Um, and, you know, given everything that's kind of going on in the world, you know, Black Lives Matter is still very, very relevant in our society today. We're still talking about it, um, still posting on social media, continuing to educate ourselves. I know I am. I even bought like a copy of a book the other day um, called So You Want to Talk About Race, which I've heard amazing things about. A lot of people have recommended it to me, and I can't wait to start to pick that up. Maybe this weekend with the long weekend, um, I will enjoy some time outside and read. But yeah, I think given everything that has kind of been going on with Black Lives Matter, um, you know, we're taking a lot of this time at home to kind of educate ourselves and learn more about the movements. And I think it's really, really great that QCC or Queen's Collage Collectives is um, hosting this anti-racist um, collage series throughout um, the month of August. So they have different episodes. So they have five different episodes. Um, the first one is a collaging kickback episode two is accountability 101 episode three is connecting the dots episode four is building your allyship guide and episode five is imagining a future beyond policing and that um one actually so the fifth um series um episode sorry um is actually um we'll have a amazing collaborator um i apologize if i get the name wrong but pascal deverlis um she will be running a short presentation during that session and um the really cool thing about her is that she is a communications specialist digital strat strategist educator community organizer and the co-founder of black lives matter toronto which is super cool. But um, enough about me rambling on. We are going to bring in Alyssa Vernon. Alyssa is the 
founder and president of the Queen's Collage Collective, and we're going to talk to her about this amazing anti-racist um, collage series and a little bit more about QCC as a club. So let's welcome Alyssa on to CFRC 101.9. So how's your week going so far? It's going good. Um, just regular. I work every day, so it's pretty good so far. How are you? I'm good. Work as well. Mm-hmm. Are you working from home still? I am working from home. Yeah, I do a virtual camp. I'm a counselor. Oh, that sounds really awesome. Mm-hmm. Great. Um, so do you mind if we get right into it? Yeah, for sure. Awesome. So my first question for you is, do you mind just telling um, us and the listeners a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so my name is Alyssa Vernon. Uh, I'm in my fourth, going into my fourth year uh, at Queen's University for, um, I'm in the gender studies major, but I'm in the Con Ed program. So my teachers are English and history. Um, I am the co-chair of QCC and founder, um, and we started in 2018. Um, yeah, we just are an art space on campus that promotes um, healing through collaging, and we uh, pride ourselves in having uh, the really needed conversations surrounding anti-racism, uh, anti-racism and anti-oppressive topics. Awesome. Um, so like you said, you're um, the co-chair and the founder of QCC. So what exactly does your role as, um, what exactly do those roles entail, and what are some of like, the things that you do in your position as co-chair? So as co-chair, um, I create the collage kits that we use for our collage sessions. So how it usually works, um, back when we were in person, um, we would have a room um, and it's drop-in our space so people can come whenever they want and leave whenever they want. Um, okay. And it happens, um, the collage kits are uh, basically just an aesthetic piece of paper that I put all these like different kind of images on um, Mm -hmm. and they all have to do with like a given theme so our themes vary depending on um, each month so we've had themes surrounding um, LGBTQ plus pride um, anti-racism black history month um, self-care stuff like that and all the images just reproduce um, the theme awesome that sounds Um, really really great Oh, sorry, yeah. continue if you were not done. No, okay. <laughs> um, I was kind of derailing from the question there. But, um, yeah, as as co-chair, um, with my other co-chair, Jenna Hives, we, we kind of just make sure that everyone is organized on our team. Um, and we hold, like, meetings where we get everyone to meet together. Um, it's a very much like a team um kind of operation QCC so mm-hmm. we all kind of do everything like outreach and and stuff like that cool that sounds really really great mm-hmm. um and you said that you're also the founder so what kind of inspired you to start the club in the first place so um collaging as an art form I think it's like really low-key and a lot of people don't really know um what that kind of is I feel like a lot of people think about collaging, we think about like scrapbooking or like um, vision boards. And so we wanted mm-hmm. to bring that kind of like a form where you piece things together and it's like really accessible in a way that you don't need to know how to draw or like paint or have any kind of artistic skill. You just need to know how to work a pair of scissors and glue. Yeah. Um, 
So when I introduced that to my housemates, who are a majority of the team um, of QCC, um, they, we were all like, why don't we turn this into like a club? But we wanted to make sure that we were doing something positive for a bunch of communities at Queens. Um, and I was also inspired by my friend, Elo Star, who is a collage artist in Hamilton. Um, and she was like, she's just always making this like very meaningful art um, that it usually has to do with like blackness and black history. So I was really inspired by that. Um, and so we all decided that there was this lack at Queens um, of having like a space dedicated for anti-oppressive conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we wanted to mix it together with collaging as an art form to just have these conversations and use art as a way to heal and like relate to each other. That sounds really, really great. And I'm, I've heard like a lot of really great things. And I know some people who have like attended QCC events and they think, um, you know, they come out also like these conversations and these talks and these events, just like a lot more informed about stuff going on. So I think it's really great that on top of giving people like the space to kind of express themselves in an art form, you're also um, helping them, I guess, understand a lot more maybe about topics and conversations that they're, um, that they don't typically have maybe. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. We wanted to bring like that kind of community to like in that space where people, even if they're not comfortable, like speaking, they, they can be there to learn and to unlearn and ultimately just to like enjoy the space and utilize um, the part of their creativity that they might not always uh, be in touch with. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I know you touched a little, touched on a little bit about this, but um, to you personally, what does collaging and art mean as an expression? So for me, when I sit down and collage, um, for me, it's like it's just really freeing and like relaxing. We we say at QCC that collagen really helps um, to promote like positive mental health, and it's because once you're in a space and you start collaging, for me personally, like hours and hours can go by and I wouldn't even know because mm-hmm. I'm like focusing all of my energy um, into creating the art piece. Right. Um, and I know like it's really easy to like never really know what you're creating until you're you started so it's kind of this is really like it's almost like a puzzle and like depending on like how you're feeling you can like piece together your collage and you're also like piecing together how you feel in that present moment um Mm, and so it's kind of just like a really great art form to help yourself like gather your thoughts and express yourself in like a really unique way Mm-hmm. completely agree and I feel something similar to that not necessarily with collaging as much as I do want to start collaging uh, but no I totally get what you're saying like people kind of find that like almost peace and like um, that moment to themselves um, through anything really that they do yeah. whether it's sports or other art forms too or reading that sort of thing yeah mm-hmm. um, and my next question is um, at your QCC events, how do you introduce challenging topics to talk about? So, um, typically at a QCC event, when we are talking about um, some challenging topics, for example, um, every February we have a Black History Month event. 
Um, mm-hmm. So we talk about a lot about like anti-blackness at Queens um, and like particularly Queens history, like with Robert Sutherland um, or Alfie Pierce. And we, we talk about some things that are obviously hard to talk about. Um, and we do so in a way that is approachable and we would like to, um, we hope it is an accommodating way um, where we ask questions to the group um, as a whole and like folks can like discuss um, with their neighbor themselves at first and then we bring it back and we kind of just have a large group discussion while collaging um, and honestly like they we've never had any like discussion where nothing was learned or like no one brought anything to the table everyone is usually very open to listening and understanding mm-hmm. um so uh, it's it's not – I'm trying to think of how I'm supposed to say this. Um, the way that folks come to our events, they know that we will be discussing, like, let's say for Black History Month, we'll be discussing, like, anti-blackness at Queens. So we'll have, like, a preamble that kind of goes over the history right. of what we're talking about. And we make sure that people are using terms. Um, that everyone knows and want to meet everyone at a knowledge level. So, like, if folks are using terms that are, like, very, like, theoretical and no one really understands, we ask people to, like, explain what those terms mean because we're trying to be um, an accessible space and meet people where they are. Um, So, yeah, that's kind of how we approach those kind of topics. That sounds really, really great. Um, And these topics, I know you were saying, like, you – previously have done stuff about like anti-blackness at Queens and I was just wondering um, like when you do have events are they strictly kind of based around the Queens and Kingston community like even like mental health at Queens or is it just kind of like a or are your topics even as broad as worldwide stuff? Yeah so um, our topics for for QCC um, when we have our monthly events um, that we plan as our club so those typically have to do with, um, like, a queen's base. We're coming at it with, like, a queen's base, like, center. Right. Um, however, when we partner with other groups and we collaborate on events, um, we typically will do whatever they want us to talk about um, as long as it matches our, like, anti-oppressive mandate and such. So, okay. like, we've done events with... Um, I forget the acronym, but for the, um, hmm, I forget what it's called, the, um, I forget what it's called, it's the Group for Palestinian Human Rights, so we we talked about, um, uh, this event got canceled because of COVID-19, but we, we made like a Palestinian-themed uh, collage kit, and we were going to have like discussion questions about um indigenous sovereignty in Palestine and and such like that. Um so yeah, our discussions can go like international. Like they can have to do with like the world uh Turtle Island. We want to be talking about um like stuff that's closer to home. But yeah, everything um depending on who we're collaborating with, it's it's pretty um yeah. That's the word. We can touch on like anything that we they want. Mm-hmm. 
Awesome. And I think it's really cool that um, you do talk about stuff that has happened in the past or it still continues to happen at Queens because it's so important to talk about and to like acknowledge that that history exists within our own institution and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so my next question is with collaging mm-hmm. and with um, talking about um, all these different things. Oh, sorry. Can you still hear me? Sure. Asked another question. Pardon? I'm not sure if you asked another question. You were kind of cutting out. Oh, sorry. I can repeat that. Um, okay. Um. So my next. So my question was, um, how come you decided to mix the um, the two different parts of QCC essentially? So why did you decide to mix conversation um, about um, the different topics that you talk about? with collaging like what do they sort of Mm. have to do with like hand in hand with each other yeah so we decided to do like the mix between um conversations surrounding anti-oppressive topics and collaging um because we we really believe at qcc that art is a really great tool and um and mobilize you when it comes to resistance efforts um, so when we're talking about resistance, we're talking about like, um, like standing up for what you believe in and such. So like yeah. all the time when you see like an injustice happening in the world, you see art that surrounds, um, that injustice and talks about and makes people talk about what's going on. Right. And not even talk, like, of course, art, um, starts great conversations, but like what we love about art is that it makes us feel things. So yeah. Um, we really thought that uh, art is the perfect outlet to be, like, doing while having these hard conversations or, like, unlearning and thinking about that. Um, and, again, it's, like, all about the energy that you channel into that art. And so the art is a very great, like, visual way to, like, see that unlearning that you're doing and mm-hmm. the understanding. Um and we want to, like, have those spaces on campus that, like, showcase these collages to, like, just show people, like, um, that this is the kind of, like, work that we're doing. Um, and, yeah, that's basically why. Awesome. Um, and obvious, um, and with August coming up very, very soon, um, QCC, mm-hmm. in collaboration with QCRED, is um, hosting an anti-racist collage series. Um, and I was just wondering if you can talk to us a little bit about that, um, sort of your inspiration behind it, what people can expect, and um, I guess what you're most looking forward to with that kind of month-long event. Yeah, all right. Um, so we're super excited for our virtual anti-racist collage series. Um, so we thought of doing a virtual series um, a bit, maybe a week and a half after um, the media uprising after um in America. And we decided uh, because we saw a lot of other um, folks at Queens um, in certain clubs like QBAS, um, and AXA and Havana, um speaking out um, and using their platform um, and their resources to do stuff um, to promote uh, their anti-racist uh, efforts. So at QCC, we obviously we have um, anti-oppressive aims in our mandate, so we wanted to try and do something different 
um, and give people the space that we think they might need because some folks are still in like quarantine or they're still staying at home. Mm -hmm. Um, So we want to give them something to do. So we're very lucky that August has five Sundays. So we were able to do five different workshops. Um, And I'm very excited to um, have this happen as each workshop is like really unique and there are different folks from our QCC team running every workshop. Um, and we also are I'm also very happy and excited that we're doing um, like one of the first Black-only events um, at QCC. And that's the first uh, episode, which is uh, For Us, By Us, a Collage and Kickback. Um, we just really want to have a space for Queens folks and it's not even just open to Queen folks anymore. We open the registration to anyone. Um, wow. So just special. Um, and the rest of the events are, are great too. Um, they're going to be to- covering topics of accountability and white privilege, um, talking about how movements um, are inherently connected, anti-oppressive movements like the LGBTQ movement is really connected to, like, Black queer history um, mm-hmm. and uh, Indigenous sovereignty is also really connected to um, the civil rights movement and just everything around. So that's the third episode, I believe. Um, there's also the fourth episode is about um, um, how to combat anti-black racism in Asian communities. Hmm. Um, So that'll be really focused and um, there's a good analysis and resources that will be provided in that one. And I think I'm most excited for our last event, which is the um, fifth episode. And it is the one that is about uh, imagining the future beyond policing. And Hmm. we have the co-founder of Black Lives Matter Toronto, who is joining us, um, providing us with a presentation. Awesome. Pascal DeVerlis. So that's going to be a really really great opportunity for folks to learn from someone who is so, like, centralized in community organizing in the GTA um, and who has been for years. So that'll be great to learn from her. Yeah, for sure. That would be a really, really interesting, like, conversation and presentation to sit on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and are, is there anything that QCC is kind of having in the works for the fall semester? I know it's online, but do you think that um, after, like, kind of, you know, you have a little bit of experience with, like, having this upcoming virtual series. Do you think that you will host, like, your monthly events, but virtually um, for the fall semester? Yeah, we definitely do. Um, We have some ideas about what we're going to be running in the fall. Most likely we'll be doing our uh, monthly collage events. Um, We could be doing them twice a month or once a month. It all depends on um, our budget and how we um, if we're able to provide folks with materials like we did for this series. Right. Um, so it will be, um, it's in the works, and we just want to kind of get through our, our um, August series, see how for that sure. goes, and then apply um, our uh, knowledge from how that goes to our new event. Mm-hmm, for sure. Um, and is there anything else that you would 
like to add before we end off? Um, not really, other than uh, I think everyone should try collaging. It's a great way um, to, like, engage yourself with some creativity and to, like, really just center yourself um, and make something beautiful. Um, and, yeah, just check out our Instagram and Facebook at Queen's Collage Collective. Um, and we post all the time, and we, so that's a great way to keep uh, yourself updated with all of our upcoming events. Awesome. Well, thank you so, so much for um, talking with me about CCC and about this um, initiative in August that you have coming up. It was a really great conversation, and I'm really glad we got a chance to finally do it. Yeah, thank you so much for uh, doing this uh, and asking to interview. That's awesome. Yeah, of course. Um, But yeah, thank you so much again, Alyssa. I really appreciate it. And I hope that your August series is a success and that you're staying safe and that you're taking care. Yeah, thank you so much. You too. Thanks. Have a good rest of your week and enjoy the long weekend. You as well. All right. Take care. (laughs) Thanks. Bye-bye. Well, that was a really, really, really great conversation that we had with Alyssa Vernon from QCC, the founder and president of the Queen's Collage Collectives. I hope that you enjoyed that, and you should totally check them out on Instagram and Facebook, like she said, um, especially Queen's students and stuff, um, because they have some really, really awesome events. I've never heard a bad thing. I've always heard that they're really informative, and they teach people a lot, and that they're really, really fun, and honestly... I may start taking up collaging because it's just a great new thing that you can do and a great form of expression. Um, So we're going to take a really, really quick break and we are going to listen to some music. This is the Lumineers. This is Morning Song and I hope you enjoy. It's you who's 
listening to CFRC 101.9 FM. That was Morning Song by the Lumineers off of their 2012 self-titled album. In recent news, the Kingston Frontenac Public Library has begun um, opening some of their branches. So on Monday, July 27th, just two days ago, the Central and Isabel Turner branches opened. The Calvin Park branch opened yesterday. It was delayed just by one day um, due to construction in the area. And the Sydenham branch will reopen on August 4th, so right after this weekend. Um, because 
the locations are opening up curbside pickup is not available and there are limited hours at some of these locations so i would highly recommend calling beforehand um or checking out the website so on sundays all of the libraries are closed um, the central library is open from 10 to 6 um, in fact, the Central and Turner libraries are open from 10 to 6, Monday to Thursday, and then um, 9 to 5, Friday and Saturday. Calvin Park is open from 10 to 8 p.m. from Monday to Thursday and is open from 9 to 5, Friday and Saturday. And Sydenham has a little bit um, of different hours. So Monday, they're open from 10 to 6. Tuesday from 1 to 8. They are closed on Wednesdays. Open Thursday from 1 to 8. Friday 10 to 5 and Saturday 10 to 2. I know that was a lot, um, but yeah, definitely go check out their website or just call any of the libraries beforehand before you head on out over there. Um, the director of the branch experience, Nicole Charles, says that um, staff is really excited and looking forward to welcoming patrons back into the library spaces. They are very appreciative of the patience that everyone has had to, um, as the staff and directors and stuff as they work on plans to ensure that health and safety of staff and visitors was top priority. Um, they have adjusted protocols as needed um, in order to follow public health guidelines. They've repositioned library furnishings to allow for physical distancing and some computers and other equipment will be out of service. Um, Staff will greet everyone at the door to welcome them back, ensure that people are aware of the differences in how service will be provided at the libraries and will be of any assistance um, if need be. The maximum occupancy has been determined for each location based on available space. So if the library is at capacity, they may be asked to wait. Um, staff are requesting that visitors limit their stays to less than an hour um, in order to maximize access by the entire community and also um, that everyone just maintain safe physical distancing by staying two meters six feet apart um, and also patrons will be required to wear a mask throughout their visit and to not touch as many materials as possible all items are quarantined for 72 hours after they are returned to the library, which is super great. And items used in branches will be um, quarantined and disinfected um, as well. As you know, for the past few months, um, there has been a couple homeless encampments um, happening in the city. Um, which has caused concern for some people because um of these um, camps and with the whole COVID-19 situation. However, um, there has been some updates in regards to the Bell Park homeless encampment. Um, as you know, the city um, did have a notice to um, kind of move the people living at Bell Park out, um, but now, and but now the city is not necessarily kicking them out, but they're helping transition people um, into different community organizations um, for those who are living 
at Bell Park. So as of now, at least 12 individuals have been housed permanently through the hard work of community partners, which is really, really great to hear. Not only um, is this thanks to beds and homelessness shelters, but there is also the integrated care hub, which is located at the Artillery Park Community Center. And that is another option that currently exists to provide interim support and resources to people um, as longer term housing solutions are identified. Um, it's operated by HARS, which is the HIV um, AIDS Regional Services, with other community partners as well in the health and social services sector. So in a news release, Brad Joyce, who is the Commissioner of Corporate Services, says, to date, more than 30 individuals have spent time at the Integrated Care Hub, and what we're hearing from staff is that people are pleased with the available services and supports. Some of the clients have expressed amazement at being able to eat regular healthy meals and learn life skills and have said they look forward to returning the next day. Individuals camping at Bell Park continue to be visited by street outreach teams daily. Um, but the end goal is to provide a more comprehensive range of services through the Integrated Care Hub at HARS. Um, Home-based housing, addiction mental health services, Kingston Police and other community agencies have all toured the Integrated Care Hub to um, check out the location and to assess the available amenities. Um, staff from HARS have been engaging with community partners to ensure that everyone aligns with this client-focused mission of this initiative because the city did take some steps in order to individually work with um, people living at Bell Park to meet all their different individual needs. The facility um, at HARS is currently open weekdays, um, but as of July 31st, so as of this Friday, it will operate 24-7 with wellness programs as well as basic life skill workshops. The goal is to focus on real-world skills that are designed to set people up for success in permanent housing, which is the end goal for everyone, of course. Um, Currently, some of the available services include food support and access to washrooms and showers, a mental health and addictions nurse and power, television and Wi-Fi. Um, individual storage has also been arranged in order to provide people um, with a greater sense of security about the status of their belongings, which was a concern expressed by some of the people camping out at Bell Park. In terms of this story, um, there is also um, efforts to raise money for building wooden structures on the city-owned Bell Park property according to the Provincial Trespass to Property Act. This would be a violation um, and the Ontario Building Code may be applicable and any structures would be dismantled and removed after July 31st. However, the city is in acknowledgement of people in the public sphere who are doing this just to assist in some way and 
um, just to help out those in our local community. Um, but the city is encouraging people to donate to the United Way, which supports multiple organizations in Kingston, including those assisting people throughout Kingston's vulnerable population. Um, just less than 200 people within the city have identified as being homeless, and over 1,200 are waiting for geared-to-income housing. A report coming to the Housing and Homelessness Advisory Committee um, tomorrow, actually, will outline other initiatives to continue addressing this greater need for housing um, in Kingston, including interim and long-term housing, because as we know here in the city, our house vacancy rate is very, very low. As of last summer, it was 0.6%, um, percent, um, and I think... A stable number for a vacancy rate is about 1.3, 1.6, somewhere around that um, percentage. Staff will continue to assist partner agencies in transitioning campers out of Bell Park um, after July 31st. So after Friday, the portable washrooms will be removed and the temporary power will be disconnected. Um, but the washrooms in the on-site clubhouse will remain as normal, um, will remain open as normal during summer months. Um, the city is dealing with acts of vandalism to the clubhouse, including broken toilets, mirrors, light bulbs, drywalls, doors being kicked in, um, and transitioning people out of the park will address these issues as well as any neighborhood complaints. But like I said, um, the city is asking for um, people to, um, you know, if you'd like to help out in any way, um, you can donate to United Way. The Ontario government has established a financial assistance program to help low-income energy consumers. Given the whole COVID-19 situation um, and seeing that we are all still at home for the most part, even though we are slowly returning back to work. Um, but there is the Ontario Electricity Support Program to provide low-income consumers with a monthly on-bill credit in order to reduce your electricity bill charges. Um, there is also the Low Income Energy Assistance Program to provide emergency assistance to anyone in need and at risk of a disruption in service. There are also any conservation programs to help customers reduce their energy usage and you can go to saveonenergy.ca for tips and information. And there is also the Affordability Fund if you don't qualify for LEAP or OESP. But if you are having trouble keeping up with your electricity bill and the cost of energy saving upgrades, it will improve the energy efficiency of your home and you can go online to check what level of support you qualify for. So that's totally worth checking out and I would highly recommend it. As you know, um, there have been several world events, um, even stuff right here in Canada, stuff in Kingston to protest rallies, all that kind of stuff um, that have been highlighting the issue of systemic racism and the city of Kingston um, recently um, got together like counselors and staff and stuff um, in order to step up its efforts to eliminate systemic racism within the city community. Um, in a news release, 
the city of Kingston said that evidence of racism can be found all over social media. A number of Kingstonians at a virtual town hall meeting shared their experiences of racism. And Lainey Hurdle, who is the CAO, says that it is the city's goal to have Kingston free from racism and to make our community a welcoming place for everyone who chooses to live, study, do business, or visit here. City staff acknowledge these community challenges and are exploring different approaches to support and make improvements within the corporation and the community. So on July 8th, a few weeks ago, City Council supported the establishment of a City of Kingston Equity, Diversity and Inclusion Committee and City Council endorsed the city's participation in an anti-racism community working group. So this, this new initiative and committee um, is work, um, it builds on work already in progress by the city in partnership with a number of community organizations and includes the Workforce and In-Migration Strategy and the Workplace Inclusion Charter um, in order to create a more welcoming environment um, for a broad and diverse workforce. Um, there is a lot more action that has to be taken to deal with everything going on right now but the king that the city of kingston is taking these next steps and as things um kind of move forward i will definitely be keeping you all updated on those friends um in terms of um racism in the city and stuff like that um a while ago, there was also a petition to take down the Sir John A. Macdonald, um, or rather to change the name of the Sir John A. Macdonald building on Queen's campus um, to name it after a female Indigenous lawyer. Um, on July 8th, same meeting, council approved several steps to present a more balanced history and legacy around the story of Sir John A. Macdonald in Kingston. As you know, he was known for his involvement with residential schools, um, which really targeted Indigenous folks. Um, so the city um, wants to not so much glorify him anymore, um, but also bring to light um the reality of sir john a mcdonald um so after reviewing a report on the extensive public engagement conducted in partnership with first people's groups um, council approved the formation of a working group made up of indigenous and non-indigenous members who will develop new plaques that address Sir John A's legacy um, more completely and more wholly. Um, the text will be shared online and placed at local landmarks managed by the city, including the monument in City Park, which also had a petition to be taken down, and at the site of... Um, engine 1095 which is the um kind of train in confederation park which bears the name um the spirit of sir john a okay 
council also approved a plan to add a land recognition statement that was developed by the Indigenous community um, in Kingston that could be added to the City of Kingston website and to all City of Kingston email signatures um, to acknowledge that we are situated um, on not our own land, but land of Indigenous folks. Um, Council also confirmed its support for naming the Third Crossing in a way that reflects and celebrates Indigenous history and culture in this reason. So it is great that City Council is taking steps to um, address these issues. Um, However, it would be great if um, some more... um, not very performative acts were also um, implemented um, to address these very, very real problems. If there are any Queen students who are tuned in and listening, I have some information for you. Um, Yesterday, the Queen's Gales Facebook page, um, so the Queen's Arc essentially um, announced that... um, Following the um, announcement of stage three here in Kings in the Kingston area, the ARC is planning to begin a phased reopening that will um, have reduced capacity no earlier than September 8th, 2020. So it is still a while away, over a month, um, but until we reach that date, September 8, 2020, the ARC will still be closed, but the ARC is uh, making plans to slowly reopen. The pool is undergoing maintenance and will reopen at a later date, past September 8th. Um, They expect the majority of programs and spaces could be back in operation by October 1st, but obviously things will be modified to align with provincial and public health requirements as well as sport and recreation return to in-person activity guidelines. They are kind of reconfiguring spaces within the ARC to ensure that physical distancing is still a requirement met, implementing a range of different safety measures, and working with the university um, in terms of their reopening protocols as well. Um, But they are eager to welcome everyone back, and if you are If you want more information as time passes and, you know, things have been going by pretty fast. So I'm sure that September 8th will come around the corner very, very quickly. You can just visit gogalesgo.com backslash COVID update um, to stay tuned about information with that. More news for Queen's students. Um, There is a petition going around on social media, um, which is pretty interesting, actually. Um, It is to lower international student tuition at Queen's University. And there are some very interesting points on both sides as to why um, tuition should be lowered. But for the 2020-2021 academic year, international tuition fees are set to surpass $50,000, which is an increase of almost $10,000 over the last three years, so since 2017. Um, So in A petition was started um, by a student um, here at the university. This petition is registered on change.org. And he describes in the description of the petition that in 2017-2018 for that academic year, international student tuition um, 
for arts and science, not any faculty, um, was $39,247.16. And last year, it was um, $48,046.57, which was an increase of 10.6%. And then he also compared um, it to other university institutions, um, such as Western, and he said that in Western, um, for the 2019-2020 year, it was $33,332.05. $33,332.05 and Queens in comparison had about $15,000 more for um, their international tuition for the same academic year. Myself being a student, not an international student, I do see a lot of these different petitions going around over the past couple months, actually, especially with COVID-19, not only to lower international student tuition, but also to lower tuition in general, because we are not getting the same experience, um, given that our classes are online for the fall semester. So it's pretty interesting to read up on these, see people's comments on Facebook, um, and just have a better understanding of where people are coming from i think it's really pretty interesting but um you know if you are interested and you want to check out learn more um my only suggestion would be to go to overheard at queens and check that public group out because it is on there or you can even just search it up lower international student tuition at queensuniversitychange.org and you should be able to find it pretty pretty easily Um, don't forget, tomorrow night, 9pm, CFRC, in collaboration with the Grad Club, is hosting trivia. Um, just tune in here to 101.9 or watch us live on Facebook. We would love to have you, and it's a great way to end off your Thursday and to just have some fun and kick back, you know? Um, yeah. But that concludes today's episode of Today in YGK. If you ever have any news to share, please email me at news at cfrc.ca. You can also find our past episodes online at cfrc.ca by just going to our listen tab and then hitting our archives, plugging in that date and time, and then you can tune in to anything that you've missed. Um, we Our archives are three months back, um, but you can also go check out our podcast website. We have some pretty cool stuff on there too, and that's just podcast.cfrc.ca. Um, I would highly recommend checking that out. All my past episodes are on there too if you want to take a listen to anything else. Um, But yeah, thank you so much everyone for tuning in. I don't have much time to play a very normal length song, so I will play a very, very short song, Pigs on the Wing Part 1 by Pink Floyd. Um, Just with this gloomy day, I've been feeling a lot of with the acoustic music and that sort of vibe, so I hope that you enjoy it. Occasionally 
prancing up through the rain Wondering which of the brothers to blame And watching the pigs on the wing Thank you for listening to Today in YGK, produced with the generous support of the Faculty of Engineering and Applied Sciences at CFRC 101.9 FM at Queen's University in Kingston, Ontario, on the traditional lands of the Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee peoples.